Good morning. Do you realize today is the first of the last month of this year? So my, my question is, Lord, how do you want us to create this next year? How can we write the next chapter? You know, we heard before, you know, in the, the prayers, you know, I don't want to be stuck in the past. So how can I write the newness of life? How can I, I use the blank pages that I have in front of me? Each day is a blank page. And how can I write a new story? How can I write the new chapter? And that's what I want to talk about here this morning. You know, it's almost like a... a sorry, I hate to use that word, but it's homework. You know, because it's, here's the thing. If I... It doesn't matter if you miss for an inch or a mile, right? If you miss, you miss. And the thing is that if I believe something wrong, I'm going to miss it. If my faith is not based on the truth, I'm going to miss it. And I, I, I'm looking for corrections in my doctrine. In corrections, in, not in the way that it was taught to me, but in the way that I embraced it. Because everything comes from the scriptures, but we all embrace it or we understand it in a limited way. We all have a partial understanding. You know, and you guys heard me say this before, you know, nobody likes to be disillusioned. Right? But what is the disillusionment? You realize that what you believed was an illusion. You know, so when we say the truth will set you free, it means it will remove the illusions that you believed before. And I think that we have been in a process of disillusionment. <laughs> because God is revealing things deep in our lives and in our faith that were partial. They were not wrong. You know, it's like the example of the elephant. You were just holding the tail and you thought that that was the whole thing. And God is giving a little light. Saying, no, there is more to the truth of the elephant that you were not able to see before. And I think that one of the things that framed a lot of the ways that we think as believers was brought into the church in a very early stage. And I'm going to talk about this because I, I want you to think this week how it affects the way you believe. Because if you believe in something that has been taught in the church for almost a thousand years, you are believing in something that's partial and affects the way you relate to God. Okay, so I'm going to be reading a little bit out of this book called Reclaiming Our Forgotten Heritage by Kurt Landry. And he's saying, replacement theology teaches that the Christian church has fully replaced Israel in God's mind and the Jewish people as God's chosen. 
It also teaches that all promises and prophecies have thereby been transferred from Israel to the church, and that therefore the state of Israel and the Jewish people no longer have an active role in Bible prophecy, but are simply a political accident. So we have heard about this before, right? Replacement theology, and we do not believe that. We do not propagate that. But I think that in one way, or many ways, it still affects me. Because let me read this. Look at this. Tertullian, circa 106 and 220, you know, so like the end of the second century, beginning of the third century. So he's one of the church fathers. It's credited with writing, God has rejected the Jews in favor of the Christians. And Eusebius of Caesarea, 263 to 339, with the promises of the Hebrew scriptures are now for the Christians and not the Jews. But the curses are for the Jews. Why am I bringing this? Because we have a tendency to think that if something is going wrong in your life, you are rejected. Or we believe in second-class citizens. And that's one thing that I want to seek the Lord to have removed of my doctrines moving forward. He is a father, and he loves everyone the same. And even when he made his covenant with Abraham, his intention was, I'm not going to just bless you, I'm going to bless all nations, all families. But if I believe in even like a residue of the replacement theology, I believe that some people are more deserving than others. And if I have that picture of God, that it, it affects the way I live my life. I, uh, Lord, help us to walk in what you, you are opening the door for us to walk in today. You know, and as, as I love, you know, when you find somebody in the Bible that's just like you. Everyone. Everyone in the Bible is just like you. They did not have the book to read to know what to do. Just like we do not know how this is going to end, and we are writing this next phase of the history. Dream along with me here. Like we were talking before, what if your life is one of the epistles being written? One of the examples that somebody will one day read. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 2 and 3. You are our letter, written in our hearts, known and read by all men, being manifested that you are a letter of Christ, cared for by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. 
What if, you know, you, we heard this before, you need to find yourself in the scriptures. Why is it important for you to find yourself in the scriptures? Because those people are just like you and me. Hebrews 11, 34. No, 32. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. And then 39, and all of this, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised, because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they would not be made, made perfect. Why am I saying all of this? This is where we are. We are the next thing that God is doing. God is not done. He's not done with you, just like he's not done with Israel. Just like he's not done with the church. Just not, like he's not done with this planet. But if I believe that, if I mess up a little bit here, I'm going to be sent to the bench and a timeout, you know, and never have a chance again, that is a wrong concept of who God is. You know, like we were talking about Ruth, right? She was in, in a situation like a lot of times we find ourselves in. You almost feel like God left the scene and left you there. You know, and it's interesting because Ruth made a choice and the other daughter-in-law of Naomi made another choice. And I always think about that, you know, every day I'm, I'm, I'm given a choice. And that choice will affect my future. My tomorrow will affect my children, will affect what's going to happen in, in God's plan for my life. So this whole thing started with this little story, and I'm, I'm done. Let me just read this, Matthew 14. And it made me think about us today. Okay? And that's what I'm saying you know, when we talk about waiting on the Lord or meditating in the Word, you read something and then you say, Oh, Holy Spirit, can you give me some new light in this here? How does this apply to me? And I'm going to read this story. I'm going to tell you how it, I think it applies for whoever wants. <laughs> okay? So this is Jesus talking to the, you know, with the disciples, Matthew when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. This is Jesus, Matthew 14, 
just feeling compassion for all the multitudes. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate, and the hour is already late. You could look at the world right now and say, This place is desolate. The hours are already late. So send the crowds away. Lord, get it done with. <laughs> Finish this. <laughs> right? Let's move on. Right? That was the disciples' idea. Let's move on. Let's just send everybody home. Let's go our ho- home or ourselves. Right? That they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them some, something to eat. You. You do something. You be my heart for them. You bless them. You feed them. They said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said to them, bring them here to me. What do you have? That's always a question. The same thing with Moses. Moses, what do you have in your hand? I have a staff. What do you have? What do I have? I think the Lord is looking at the multitudes right now and saying, they don't need to go away. You feed them. What do you have? What do we have that we can give to the Lord this next year, 2020? Bring them here to me. Ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food. I think that the Lord is looking at us, and a lot of times we go like we have nothing. I, I got nothing, everybody's hungry, I'm thinking, like, just go home, you know, make my last meal and die, like the widow, right? It's too late, this place is desolate. No, he's saying, bring what you have to me, let me bless it. Let me bless it. I cannot even bless what I have, but if I give it to him, he can bless it. And breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. Here's the thing. God could come and solve all the problems of this world right now. But he's looking for that little boy, you and me. They have a little something. They are willing to give it to him so that he can bless. And then he's giving it back to you so you can feed. You can bless. When we were celebrating tabernacles, we thought, you know, we, we had that Shabbat, Shuvah, the Shabbat of the return. And we talked about let's have a year of returning. Returning to the word, returning to the Lord. And I want to extend this in our preparation to start this new calendar year, 2020. And say, Lord, we want to give to you what we have so you can bless.
We want to give to you all the gifts and blessings. We're not going to say we don't not have anything. Or we do not have enough. You can do what, what you want with what the little that we have. And I bless that. And it starts with, number one, he's not done with you. You do not only live once, you die once. <laughs> but you live every day. Every day is another opportunity for us to grow in our walk with God. And that's how I want to start blessing this next month and this next year for us. Lord, we, we know in our hearts that you're ready to do something new. And I do not want to miss it. Amen.